0: show we have Cameron dmv zone joining me here on the show sports hip hop with dj mad mass i 365 ir radio big hooks what's going on how's your night going
1: i'm good sir how you doing
0: good i'm doing good? pretty well Thanks. i've seen that you've been doing a lot of press lately so i want to get right into what you're rolling out because i know you're working on a lot
1: yeah 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 i'm doing a lot right now um a matter of fact i got a, i got a uh you know i got a song it's like a, a reggae mix Hip hop mixed with you know uh, Afro beat, featuring an Egyptian and one artist from my country where I was born, Cameroon, and it's 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 you know it's buzzing right now. So I'm moving around with that song. It's called Break You Down. It was produced by Remo, the hit maker. Remo is the one who produced for Chris Brown. Um, one second. The one who produced for Chris Brown and French Montana. And uh, yeah, the song is called Break You Down. It's buzzing right now. You can find it everywhere on all DSP and the video is also out on, uh, is on YouTube. Is this the single to lead everywhere. up to the album? Yeah, I got an album. The album is out as well. But this is the main single that, you know, most DJs are gravitated to it in. It's just it's just an honor and blessed that, you know, people love in this the record, this record.
0: Now, have you had the chance to go back to Cameroon since being in the States? Because I know you relocated to Germany, then you came out to the DMV. You've also done some things in Miami that I was reading about. Have you had the chance to go back to to Cameroon?
1: Oh, yeah. I was in Cameroon. I went to uh, Cameroon in December last year, 2000. Yeah. The end of last year, 2021, Uh, I was there. And then I went to Africa because I had a tour. So I went there, you know, I had a concert, a very big concert. It was like, almost oh, like stood out. I had over like 2,500 people. It was outdoor. And it was for me like a give back concert. It was like a Christmas pop-up concert for me to give back, you know, to the people, to the poor, less privileged people. Like, uh, you know, all the profit, I give it back to orphanage, I give it back to schools. You know, uh, just to touch on less privileged people and, you know, empower young people, uh, the youth as well.
0: I want to get into this collaboration that you had with the Locks' Zone Styles P. I want to know the story behind this because he's someone oh, that heard your okay. music and jumped right on the song.
1: Okay. Oh, man, that's that's one of my first big records that I yeah. had with Styles. You know, shout out to Styles. Shout out to D-Black. Um, yeah, shout out to Tito Grams. Tito Grams is there. This guy is the one that I've been, you know, a lot... Um, I would say a very big influence in my career as well. Uh, he's the one who linked me up to, to, to Styles. So um, we went up to uh, Juice for Life and shot the video there. You no, know, I had the beat and sent it to Styles. Styles sent me the uh, spot like two days after. And then we went up, uh, went to Juice for, uh, Just, Just for Life and linked up with Styles. It was, he it was dope, man. That's a good dude. Shout out to Styles, man. Styles B. <laughs>
0: Have you been in touch with him recently about doing a follow-up, another collaboration, perhaps?
1: Uh, Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But um, I'm looking forward to that. Maybe uh touch one of them, uh, New York uh, guys, because I'm always in New York, so it might it might be coming soon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
0: You, you really located the Germany. You lived there. You went to school there. You you know how to speak many languages between English, Germany. Yes. I, I read all about you, your history. How difficult oh, wow. is it coming up from living in Germany in the music scene compared to the United States? What are the major differences that you've noticed?
1: Oh, that's a good question, man. No one asked me that. But I think, you know, it's pretty much difficult when you're in Germany trying to do like English hip-hop, trying to uh live in there because they do respect they respect American hip-hop, like hip-hop coming from the state. Um, it's challenging because now they have good rappers that raps in Germany. And those songs in Germany. So me being there, um, I was kind of limited. I couldn't really expand my, you know, my fan base, and you know, get other listeners. And I was coming back to the state with some artists, cause back then I was basically more, more managing artists. So I was coming back here and then going back there. So I wasn't getting a lot of traction, a lot of, uh, you know, motion with the music. So I felt like, you know, when I, came, when I came to the U.S. then, then I started seeing more more, more, you know, traction. So that's one of the challenges that I had there. Um, right now it's growing big, then taking it from here yeah, back to Germany where I grew up, they're receiving that very good. Sometimes you have to leave your area. You have that's to go right. out of your, your comfort zone for people to get to know you even. So I was doing events back in Germany, doing hustle, everything, like, I will have, you know, a couple of times, 50 cents. I was still young. I opened up a 50 cent Eminem back then in my home city, Hamburg. That's where I grew up. So um, they kind of knew me there, but the support was less. The fan base was growing, they were slow. So when they moved to the US and then, you know, people started looking, oh man, he's doing good in the States. So my fan base in Germany started growing bigger and bigger. And then I went one time, I went to Cologne to perform. It was dope. It was almost. It was so loud in the club. So, um, <laughs>
0: this Fifty the, the Cent the hip hip, concert hip. that you opened up yeah. for was this right around as soon as Fifty Cent got signed? What was the time frame with this, if you can recall?
1: Oh man, that was like early two thousand, like two thousand five, six. Yeah, so that was right around the massacre. Yeah, I was, and, I was still young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was yeah, really young then. <laughs> <laughs> it was dope, man. But you know, the, the hip hop is. No, in Europe, they support hip hop. A lot of artists, even older artists, yeah, still making their money out there performing because they really do love American hip hop. And um, yeah, it's a good place to go, you know, showcase your music. People, you well received, and they do party hard, like even an open air concert. They were the old school underground hip hop, they really supported back, uh, back in Germany.
0: I know that Europe and overseas has a huge hip hop following, especially from the 90s and early 2000s. Did Eminem and yeah. 50 Cent speak with you after opening up for them at all? Give you some advice?
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah. back then, I think 50 Cent, I can't, can't even remember, man. We, I had a chat with them. You know, they senior black man, they're like, yo, what are you doing here? I was like, man, what are you doing here? You come here, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Even uh, Outkast back then, Outkast, I did open one for them. It's uh, big. I know I met I the game that was in Cologne. Yeah, a couple of them. The exhibit, that was the one that I really had You know, had a lot of conversation. I opened up for exhibit with one of my artists, K4, back then. Uh, exhibit, I had a long conversation with him. He really loved the show because we were the one opening up for him before, right before he got on stage.
0: you, so you had then. to set the motion right there. You had to set the theme and get everyone all rocked out for and ready. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. I do. I do speak perfect German. Like you actually, you know, uh, went to school and uh, yeah, in between me going to school, hustling, doing events and uh, I had to survive, man. It's not an easy task, you know, growing up there.
0: Biomedicine, I heard that you do some things with pharmaceutical companies on the side.
1: Right. That's one of my main hustle, man. <laughs> man you really did, you did your research. I'm happy. <laughs> I usually don't talk about that in an interview, but um, yeah, that's one of my main hustle. Um, you know i just take like contract you know you have to get some money to fund your career your music career it's not easy you need to invest so yeah and i try to stay legal i don't try to go any route where i get to travel so i'm happy that i had to educate myself and learn the business you know so i can market myself and it's working you know mm-hmm. i would tell every artist you know try to educate learn the business of music because you have to treat yourself as, as a business you know
0: exactly what were some of the most important things because coming up in Ger- germany you were in a group originally and then you started managing artists especially when you came out to the states so what were some right. of the things that you had a master as an artist first to become a manager in this business to take artists to the next level in their careers and not make the same mistakes that you may have made or people in your group may have made
1: Oh yeah, there's a lot that I learned. Um, you have to be patient and you have to be focused. Again, one thing, you have to plan. Always have to plan accordingly. Just to plan, take action, execute. So me managing my artists and being an artist as well, I learned from that. Made a lot of mistakes, but you know, I, I had a lot of challenging as well. I so say, if you don't challenge you, it won't change you. So no. I would tell every aspiring artist, you know, you got to plan accordingly, uh, take action then invest in yourself, you know? And be consistent with what you're doing. You know, sometimes it's, it's very slow. People, you know, you have some fans that don't even know you. People who gravitate to you music you don't even know them. So once I start doing that and I start running ads myself, I, I'm like, oh man, I'm, you know, they have to, have to learn how to track people, like create a, like a target group and even email listing, or you can send out your meeting by blasting, you know, email. Uh yeah, the most important thing I was still planning, action, execute, and be humble as well, and learn how to create relationships and maintain those relationships, because it's very important in the relationship in the, um, in the music business to keep, and uh, yeah.
0: Something that was inspiring and you just learned about your journey was the fact that you wanted to take all this knowledge that you learned from your experiences being an artist and put it all into a book, as well as a manager and putting it into a book in which it's from the music to the money.
1: Oh, wow. Published. Yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I did my research on, on this Man, book.
1: Yeah. yeah I, I love did. that. I love that. I love that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so the- I, I did my research on this book that you have here. Were there any artists from the States that reached out to you either on Instagram or even in passing at one of your concerts that even opened up for you that said that mm-hmm. they took some things away from this book and applied it to their careers?
1: Yeah, I would say a lot of um, young aspiring artists, artists as a serial, some of them bought my book because I had like a book signing. Uh, Yeah, they were very happy to read the book and I was open to questions. Even when I did an interview on uh, another radio station, I had a lot of of questions come up, like life for the book. And um, they say the book inspired them because I was just expressing my journey of me being, you know, from nobody to getting successful. And I would say it's hard work, dedication, consistency. And me writing the book also, shout out to amazing book. They're the one that put that to me. I just, you know, helped me write in the book. Amazing book, shout out to them. The book is called From the Music to the Money." It's just about, you know, me sharing my journey. Any aspiring artists who want to take their career to the next level, like, you know, learning your style, um, learn how to read contracts or get a lawyer you know, the certain parameters that you have to consider. Like I said, you got to treat yourself as a business, you know, yeah. in the music business, you have to treat yourself as a business. You know, um, you can't go around it, man, for real. And no. then you have to put some money aside to invest in it. It's just like running a business. So it might take time to manifest, but it's going to work as long as you stay consistent and stick to it and be dedicated to it and be disciplined, you know, that's one of the factors.
0: When you take on artists in which you want to manage them, I know that you usually have to make sure that their mindset is right because you're big on that. You want the artists in which you're managing to outwork your work ethic. You want them to have a strong work ethic when they're working with you as well. So when approaching these artists and they're learning about certain things about the music industry and they have the talent to go far, what would you advise them? and perhaps if they can't make that income but their talent is there and the work ethic is there but say if they can't gain any traction off of it as far as the income goes but the talent and work ethic is there.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh I would say man that's a good question right there. That's a good question, you know. Um You got I mean, you got to stay consistent and uh don't give up, stick to what you're doing. Somebody out there is watching you, you know. You might have some without watching you, and education. You can educate yourself if you don't have any money. You can go on YouTube, you can go on Google, you can learn a lot of things. Uh, how to run ads, you can have a little money to run ads. Uh, you know, advertisement on Google, uh, uh, lend the streaming, you can get income from that. You know. So I would say once you start seeing that, even with less or minimum money that you have, you know, it's gonna lead you to start thinking bigger um Yeah, watch your music. People grow. You see some fans; they're loving it because that's all oh, what—that's the biggest part for artists. You want to see people loving. You want to see people. You can perform somewhere and stuff like that. So I would say, with well, less money, it's hard, but it's gonna be—it's hard. hard, but I think you have to just stay um, educating yourself how you can, you know, turn around, make it a business, and don't give up, and try to track who's watching and who's looking to your music or listening to your music. And um, yeah, it's a lot of tools. like I said, Google is the big one, Google, and um, yeah, YouTube, all the music, all the DSP, just learn how to maneuver and learn the algorithm of that. Um, yeah, even with Spotify, you can run you can get into the playlist of Spotify without spending money, as long as you put music consistently and in the same way they can pitch, they can pitch your song. so it's something that I learned. You don't need a lot of money to, you know, to invest in that, um, for someone to run your campaign. If you put music consistently and run it in a certain way, they, they will pick up your song and it goes to a playlist. From there, you start generating income once you get the strings, you know? Um, yeah. And like I said, one more thing, learn the business. Because um, my book, Music to the Morning, is saying a lot. Uh, you can learn different ways. A lot of artists don't know that they they have money already sitting somewhere, like learn to get your business straight, sound exchange, um, your ASCAP, Performing right. all those things. There might be money sitting there for you, and you don't know. So you have to learn and know all of that. Um, yeah, that's all I would say.
0: When traveling around, poster. how did you – how were you able to – establish your official sound because i know you experimented with afro beats people are so used to being a trap artist back from where you were from so you had to keep moving around and trying to configure to the different sounds that were out there so in the end what would you classify yourself as in, under hip-hop what would you say is the big hook sound
1: big hook sound is more of an afro beat and hip-hop right now it's a mixture of both uh, afro beat and hip-hop that's a lane that i uh, kind of because I did my uh, validation on that, I, I put out music and I saw that most of my fans, you know, they gravitated into that more. I lost a lot of fans for me transiting from hip hop straps, going to Afrobeat, but I had to do it because I had to tap my background, I'm an African. So um, once I did that, a lot of people wasn't understanding. So again, I took it gradually, uh, sending out uh, music and, you know, getting reaction and asking questions from fans that I feel like my core fans. I actually had to feel about it. Some people walk away, some people didn't understand it because of my old trap music I was doing, like I had a song with Kevin Gates. That got me a lot of fans. So once I started doing Afrobeat, they got confused. So I would say it's good to reinvent yourself, but you have to go gradually. You have to like learn the marketplace, study how your fans behave. You got to do a lot of psychology, learn how to behave towards your uh, you know, new town and all that and take it slowly. Maybe you want to do like target group. That's what I was doing, target group. I was sending out my song before I put them out and see the reaction. I get our feedback and I take all that feedback and, you know, just sit down and see how I want to put the music. So once I start putting the music consistently out, then I see people picking up my old fans coming back and I'm getting feedback from them. Yeah, man, we love you there. That sounds more original. That sounds more authentic. I say, yeah. So that way I just like, you know what, I'm a you know, be my own, that I want, from hip-hop and Afrobeat mixture, both. And it's really working for me well, you know.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm happy that it is. And it, you could just see, especially with the most recent album as well, with Visionary, No Days Off. I want to get in this track, Haters, that you made a little while ago because you've spoken about it before that in order to have haters in this business it's what takes your career to the next level and it it proves that you'll have success in this industry right you're not you don't have if you don't have haters you're not doing something right i I want to bring it to the PNB rock situation what are your thoughts on that and have you experienced more hate being in the united states or being back home either at cameron or living in germany where 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 has it been most notable for you
1: Oh, man, <laughs> I've experienced hate all over the world, like where I live in Germany. I've experienced hate as well, Yeah, started going more. And, it's you know, the hate is like more when you're getting successful, when you're doing something right. And I believe my most of my biggest success has been me living here in the state. So yeah, it has been more. And I was paying attention. One time I made a mistake. I almost got into the same situation like. Pressing PSP and B Man, I love him, man, because my one of my artists I work with, they went on tour, I think, like, three years ago. Shout out to my cool. the artists that I, I work with right now. Man, when I saw that, that stuff, it was, like, sad, man. So sad. Like I said, I went... I was ran into the same situation. I was in the studio. I went live. <laughs> I went live on my phone, you know, while I was recording a song. You know, when you're feeling that vibe. So I went live. So... Some people pull up on me. I don't want to say the name. I was hated because I stopped working with some of the guys where mm-hmm. I live in the D.C. area. They pull up, and they saw that I was in the studio. Luckily, they came, one of them was, like, a little calm. The other one was really hated on me because they I don't mess with them no more. So I was like, yo, man, I just came, like, I don't know. You just pull up on me like that. So it would have gotten we almost fought. We almost, because he was mad for nothing. I don't know why. just said so I don't mess with them no more. So that's one of the situations like yo, be careful, even people around you that you have, make sure you know they don't put location or any of your move once you start seeing some kind of uh, buzzing or success. Because not everybody loves you, not everybody likes you know what you're doing. And that's when you find that you know you're doing something right. When you're getting those hate from people, you know you're doing the right thing. They're the one hating you good. You you're walking and you're walking up with, with your goals, you know. So yeah, that's one of the experiences that I made. and um, yeah, that was sad, man. Yeah. When I saw that uh, on t- uh, online two days ago. Shout out to PNB, rest in peace, brother. Yeah.
0: And it's been it's been a trend here for a while now, especially with Pop Smoke, Pop Smoke, Nipsy too. Yeah. There's been right. so many cases where it's all been in the root of having haters and jealousy, and right? And it, and it's specifically hip hop artists you notice it the most with, which is. Insane and right. just sad because it goes back to what Jim Jones is speaking about in the past. Just that mm-hmm. it's basically like being a soldier of war when you're a hip hop artist. And it definitely yeah. is 100%. Yeah. Because when you look yeah, at every watch. genre of music, hip hop artists are always targeted the most.
1: Yeah, you have to wash your back, man. Like Absolutely. I said, you have to have to wash your back. Make sure you uh, you know know the people you're working with, know the people you have around you. For me, I keep my team really small. Small and tight, you know, and I make sure you know not only the people that tell me yes, yes, man, no, and I need people that you know criticize and make sure have my best interest, and we all looking for the win, you know. Shout out to my guys F O N, shout out to SIG, shout out to uh, Southside. Those are the people I work with right now. Lou Ali, just like four or three people that I work with. I'm a, uh, I'm a security most of the time for for sure. So you want to have a solid team that of your, that they're of your best interest, and I make sure that everybody is good, Everybody's fine. We all eating the same. We all looking forward. when if I have an idea, I share it. You know they got my back. I got their back. So because you know that's very important to have a good team. That's one thing I have to say. Have a team of people that you work with that are of your best, they're of your best interest, and uh, yeah, and you you have to take that time to really study people. To keep around you as well, because you never know, man. Not, you never know. Like I said, not everybody like you, man. You can no, feel and that and you can have some snakes in
0: the grass too. Some that that, exactly. that hang on for a while and they they play their role very well and they should win an Academy Award for for it. But eventually, <laughs> right, right, it, you know,
1: <laughs> right.
0: uh no, but. I want to get into your independent label here that you founded back in the day with Straight Team Entertainment because this was in conjunction with Sony Music, and I heard that it's a universal music group now.
1: Right. No, uh, <clears throat> yes, yeah, Straight Team was started. I started Straight Team in Germany. One of my homeboys back then, uh, but he, he stopped doing music, so I just took it and stopped moving and I started, signed some artists. Uh That was back in 2009, 2008. Yeah, back in Germany then. I moved to the U.S. after like a few years after. Then I just expanded it. So when I came to the U.S., I had some artists, on serious artists. That's what I'm saying. I was making the mistake of, you know, trying to push artists that are not serious. So once I noticed that they're not serious, I had to, you know, uh, I just like, yeah, I got to find a different way to do stuff. Because I started taking label meetings myself. And since I was good with the hook line, it tells you my name, Big Hooks. And I was on most of the hook line of their songs because basically I'm really good to manage people. I'm good to manage artists. So, but then, like an the artist again, I found that, yo, I could do it. When I went to the uh, major level, had a meeting with Atlantic Record. had a meeting with Sony, Sony Race through Penalty. They they love it. They was like, yo, who's on the hook? I said, it's me. So, it's like, oh. So then the song of How We Kevin Gates, they were like, uh, we need this song. We need, we need to talk to you about this song, this record. So I had my artist on the first verse that he was in serious. I was booking, uh, <clears throat> booking shows. He wouldn't go for shows and stuff like that. And matter of fact, I didn't have to tell him to leave because he wasn't serious. The Sony he told me, like, you know what? We need to get the artist first. The artist on the first verse, we need you to put your verse there so we can market it. I think you're marketable. We like your voice. You like your accent. You like the way you talk. So that's how I came about doing this, taking it serious again. And from there on, once I got a deal with them, it was more of a partnership, joint ventures, there. So the start marketing. And then I was bossing already after that with that song because I kept pushing it myself, by myself. So, um, yeah. So that's how I got back again, you know, with it, with my, you know, me doing music and under my label, I had to sign myself as well, you know, as big hooks under the straight team. So from there, I was the only artist, then one of my you know, partner, shout out to Max Maxine. She does music too. She's still on that straight team. So I got like two artists, Naku, I do management. He's a dope artist coming up too from PA. And Lou Ali is also in my area, shout out to him. Yeah. So we're doing pretty good here in the area DC, DMV area. I always do shows. I make sure I invite other local artists to perform just to keep them going, the buzzing. And I don't charge nobody to perform. I try to get artists to get exposure through my fan days. And all they need, they have to just prepare and come and bring their people to support them, plus my own fan. So that way we all growing and they're getting heard and exposed as, as well.
0: That's major and and salute to you for doing that because everyone it's so monetary gain right now. Everyone's just oh, how much money can you give me to come open up for me or to even do just one performance at my show. But shout out to you for bringing out the local artists and putting them on because a lot of times they may have trouble breaking through, especially now in social media age where everyone's a hip hop artist, everyone's a celebrity. So it goes to show you that the real ones can still get on. And you recognize that, especially when it comes with their mindset of having a strong work ethic.
1: Right. Yeah, work ethic is about everything, you know, for me. Any artists that I work, I have to check that work ethic. And, yeah, so most of the artists that I bring to my show to perform, they're really great, too, and I see them pushing it. But they don't have the opportunity to, like, you know, have the exposure. So I try to get them to buy, let them buy my book. Or some of them, I do, like, a raffle ticket. You can win my book and stuff like that. And I talk free game. I can give you, like, okay, this is how my journey was. I can advise, I do advise with them. Some of them I go to the studio, like some artists around in DC area, my area. I go to the studio and sit there and, you know, just do like, I don't know, listen to the music and give my feedback and constructive feedback to the music. Just like that.
0: Big hooks, is there anything else you want to let the audience know that we didn't cover here today? <laughs> Any else that you have upcoming to promote? Anything, man.
1: Um, yeah, i got some new singles that are out featuring Remo the hit maker. It's called Body to Me. We just shot the video last weekend. It's coming out. Look out for the video. Uh, shout out to all my artists. Shout out to all aspiring artists, all serious artists working hard. Don't give up. Stick to your dreams. Stick to your craft. Stay improving yourself. You know, you don't need to prove yourself. You have to just stay improving yourself because that's consistency is the key. Even though you don't have some money right now to invest, but just keep making good music. And look for opportunities to put out music consistently. If you go to each level, any label, they will tell you that put out music consistently. So just stay working hard. That's all I got to say. And you can follow me everywhere: B I G H on all social media platforms: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. Just Google me.
0: Yep, and you can follow you there at Big Hooks Instagram, Twitter, every social media platform like you just mentioned. Shout out to Al Nice for connecting us. And anytime that you hey. need the promo, man, you're always welcome Shout on the show.
1: Thank you, brother. Thank you, Max. Thank you, DJ Mad Max. Thank you. Shout out to Ed Nice. Man, that's my boy, man. I yeah,
0: he's he's one yeah. of the realists in the industry for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's, there, a that's
1: a real,
0: real dude right there. He is. Yeah. He's, well, he's one of the few real ones that I've come across 100%. It definitely puts yeah. it on for a lot of artists in the game. And, you know, shout well, out to you it. and everything that you're doing, man. Congratulations on everything. I'm looking forward to everything that you have on the way.
1: Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Of it's course, man. Pleasure. Anytime. Salute. Yeah. A- enjoy the rest of your Salud. night
0: and stay safe, all right?
1: Thank you, brother. Take care.
0: Peace Uh, out, man.